Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. I am so excited about today's episode, I, I, I can't even contain myself, because it features a conversation with one of my favorite all-time actors, Gene Smart. Wildly versatile, Smart has done it all. Comedy, drama, stage, film, and of course, what she's best known for, TV. It's there where you can watch the brand new season of her HBO Max original series, Hacks, which I can tell you right now, is so, 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 so good. It is so good. I can't, I loved it. I binged it. It's amazing. So go on, grab a snack because I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I remember the exact moment I fell in love with Gene Smart. It was 1990, and before you start doing the math, I was a very young and small child at the time. Thank you very much. And I was watching TV with my mother. She put on her favorite show, Designing Women. And there, on my TV screen, was a very pregnant woman standing next to Dolly Parton in heaven. It's a long story. You just have to watch the episode, but I highly recommend it. It's very good. Anyway, in that moment, I was like, this, this person, the pregnant lady, that is my person. And I've watched everything she's done ever since. And I've had a lot of opportunities to be Gene Smart's biggest cheerleader because she has never stopped working. And, of course... Stopped collecting tons of Emmys along the way because she has so many of them. From the Fox series 24 to Watchmen and Mayor of Easttown on HBO, Smart has proven herself to be the Meryl Streep of television. And I told her so. She can literally do it all. And she does exactly that on the new season of Hacks on HBO Max, where she plays Deborah Vance, a down-on-her-luck stand-up comic who, along with her writing partner Ava, played by Hannah Einbender, hits the road to try out some new material and hopefully get her Las Vegas residency back. 
Honestly, I can officially say this. I've seen so much of the season and it is just so good. In fact, she'll probably be adding another Emmy to her the four she already has. I know I bombed at my show. On this tour, it's all about back to basics. And we need a really good tour manager. My name's Alice. Everybody calls me Weed. That's a nickname Pete Wentz gave me. And once Pete gives you a nickname, it, it sticks. Tour starts tonight. Welcome to paradise. Could I take out one of your face creams? Looking for a spot for my kombucha. If it's not kept cold, it'll keep fermenting in the bottle and it can explode. Oh, God, fine. Here, give it to me. Oh. You were right. It did explode. I got drunk and sent a very stupid email. I said some pretty revealing stuff. She will kill you if she finds out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not so sure this tour is a good idea. I thought you don't read reviews because you don't care. I don't read reviews because I do care. I can't turn it off either. And nothing matters more. Even if it should. Deborah Vance. Hey, Jimmy. Good God, you look amazing. What moisturizer do you use? I use Vaseline. Jimmy. Honestly, I should have retired and gone out on top. Back in Vegas, you were on top, but I think that was just a hill. Now you're climbing a mountain. Oh, no. She's doing Ellen. That's great. Like, like all comedy. I mean, everyone's trying too hard. It's like so awkward. You are right, actually. I love hacks. I'm obsessed with hacks. I, 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 I know Lucia and Paul uh, really well, and like, I just big fan. And I think this season is my favorite, just because in watching the first six episodes. Deborah on the road is exactly what I needed in my life. It was it was a jolt of energy that like was so exciting. I want to know if you think her being on the road helps show a different side of her and like how how is she different this season? I know. I, I think you're right. I mean, somebody said the other day, they said, well, you know, Las Vegas is almost like a third character yeah. Yeah. in the show. And and I said they said, but you're not shooting any anything of Vegas this season. I said, it's true. I said, so the road has become the third character, which is, which is fun because it's kind of gives us new opportunities for all sorts of, Mm. you know, dreadful things to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and, and also too, of course, there's, there's that, uh, that psychology of being on a road trip with somebody where Mm. you're, you're going to start to get in on each other's nerves after a while, even if it's in a big bus, not always in a car. So there's always that. And um, I mean, my God, Deborah's bedroom on the bus compared to where she makes Ava sleep. It's like she's in a submarine. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me of Dolly, Dolly's bus. I don't know if you've ever seen videos of Dolly Parton's bus, but it's very Deborah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I've got, and I've got, you, they didn't show, you couldn't really see it on the camera, but I've got hot pink spikes coming out of my hubcaps, like, like in Ben-Hur. I mean, it's hysterical. It's so funny. I love it. I love the, dy- you're right. The dynamics of being in an enclosed space, even like on a ship on the episode that you were on the cruise ship. I mean, oh my being, God, it's it's just it's it comes up with so many great moments and i think between you and ava like the the frictions but also the similarities between you two bring out something in deborah that that for me is really exciting i want to know like what do you think her character brings out in deborah that like maybe she's afraid to reveal That, that ava brings out in deborah yeah i think part of it is um deborah having to finally admit maybe not out loud, but even just to herself that she actually doesn't need somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, Ava also brings out some maternal instincts in Deborah. Yeah. Cause Deborah has so much guilt about her own daughter. Um, I think it's real layered. Yeah. Very, very layered. Um, and I think she enjoys the friendship, you know, mm-hmm. But she also enjoys, you know, abusing her mightily, too. <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of a sick joy. I mean, watching it, because so much of television now, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I don't know, everything seems really nice. And I love that Deborah isn't necessarily nice. There's a lot of joy in her being abusive and rude and mean. And, <laughs> you know, and I, it must be fun for you, maybe in a sick, twisted kind of way to play that. What do you think? Oh, not even sick or twisted. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, I, it was it was gratifying that that part hadn't gone away for the, for season two. You know that yeah. Deborah still delights in making Hannah suffer, especially <laughs> when she feels justified in making Ava suffer. But yeah. it's really great because she feels like you know all bets are off. Yeah, anything's fair. You know. Definitely. And I mean, the stakes are really high, so it's fun to see her go crazy like that. I, what yeah. what qualities, I mean, this is a sort of a weird question to follow that, but what qualities <laughs> What qualities do you share with Deborah? Hopefully not the sick and twisted kind, but maybe. I mean, you know, that would make me love you even more, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard that about you. <laughs> um, well, we're both very vain. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Although I can completely... Toss my vanity aside if it's worth it, like for Mayor of Easttown. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Just had to just forget that part of me. Yeah. Um, we both like sparkly things. <laughs> we uh, we both have love love being a smart ass sarcastic you know person mm-hmm. to make other people laugh. I love making people laugh. Yeah. I do like the fact that Deborah is not a cliche i don't think she's a cliche yeah she's she doesn't abuse the people around her except for ava um (laughs) because she respects people who work hard yeah and because she always worked very 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 hard i think that's what she has in common with the character of marty Mm -hmm. i think they're almost too much alike they both respect each other and that they started at the bottom in a really tough industry and worked their way to the top of their what they do yeah um of course if she's in a bad mood then you know all bets are off and she's you know can be rude to anybody (laughs) but she she um it's her bitterness and i think in her inherent there's an inherent sadness that that i do not 
share yeah. with her. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can relate to the sparkly love and the pink and the everything over the top because I, A, that's also something we don't see a lot on television right now. Just a woman just unabashedly loving I, your hair journey on this show. I love that. You know, without the bump on, you wear this little bump on your head when you're performing and stuff. But then when you're not, you have, you know, the Jean Smart short hair. And it's, it's, I love it. It's so over the top and fun and very reminiscent of sort of why I love Joan Rivers, I think. Because she just sort of fell into the beauty of it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, and also we wanted, we wanted to make a point right away in the pilot that she, it's a wig. Yeah. And she goes home and takes it off. Needs <laughs> the dogs. Um, yeah. I, I, um, oh shoot. I was going to tell you something. It just slipped out of my mind. Oh, well, I mean, I can help you get there because I have so many things. I, the other thing that I love that I've, that is a regular topic on a group chain that I have with friends is Deborah's love of soda and having a soda machine in her home and bus, <laughs> bus. is, is a life goal that I know I will never achieve. <laughs> But I want in my life. You must love that about Deborah. I mean, that's so. Oh God, extra. yes. Because I I used to drink. The first thing I would drink in the morning. I don't drink. I don't drink coffee. I never have. Yeah. So, I mean, I've tried coffee, but I don't. I'm not a coffee drinker. Yeah. And uh, I would I would have a diet coke in the morning. Yeah. That was my source of, I guess, caffeine. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really like the way caffeine makes me feel, but. Uh, I now know that that's not probably a good way to start my day. So I don't get it as much as I used to, but they, they were so sweet. Oh my God. They treated me like such gold on the show. And season one, they'd say, okay, what kind of soda do you want in your soda machine? You know, yeah. I said, well, please, if you can find it, caffeine free diet Coke and Dr. Pepper, caffeine, Dr. Diet, Pepper. diet, Dr. Pepper, the best tastes more and, like original Dr. Pepper and the set uh, decorator asked me what were my favorite flowers and I would have bouquets of fresh flowers oh, everywhere wow. on the set. It, it, it just was, was, um, it was just fabulous. And, yeah. it was, and I suppose that's the way people treat Deborah, you know, yeah. um, you know, and then that fabulous dressing room at the, at the casino, which mm. I just, which I just with a little conversation pit. You know? God bless that HBO money. I mean, you know, really, really. God. Oh my God. And our set designer, this darling guy, John Carlos, he was very proudly showing me that some of the rooms on the set when we first started, because I love that house. It's yeah. so pretty. And it, and I'm glad though, because I thought originally it was going to be like a Liberace kind of really <laughs> over the top Vegasy looking yeah. one story house. Mm-hmm. I liked the fact that it was really rather traditional and tasteful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and grand. It's a little more than I would want, but it, it's quite, it's quite lovely Definitely. and beautiful art collection. Yeah, but there's a there's um the top of the uh, the chair rail at the top of the wainscoting. There's this plaster work, this strip of plaster work, and he said, "Look closely at that." He said, "What do you see?" I said, "Well, it looks like an acanthus leaf." Yeah. Every other, and then it looks like in between there's a tongue. <laughs> he said, "Yes, <laughs> yes," and he did that just for me. Oh, wow. He said, your character describes herself as a mouthy broad. And he said, so I thought it'd be fun. And no one in the world is going to notice that or see that. He said, you know, but he did it because he thought it would be fun for me. I mean, it's fun for me yeah. now, too. I amazing. I have to say, I, I mean, you, I am the president, vice president and secretary of the Gene Smart fan club, unofficially, but officially now. And 
I, you are the Meryl Streep of TV. I've been saying this for years. It's how I'm going to lead this feature on you. You are the Meryl Streep of TV. And I want to know, like, when you started out, because you, you, you and Betty White share a record of being the only people to win an acting Emmy in every single acting category for comedy, and which is wild. Did you, because I know you started in theater, like, did you ever think that you would be going in the direction of comedy? No, not really, no. Um, in fact, when I first got to L.A., someone said in an article that, that I had been with Second City or something. I thought, no, not me, no. <laughs> No, because um, I mostly had done dramatic um, oh. theater productions, but I love doing comedy. Yeah, I love it because you you get and on stage, especially you get that immediate audience feedback. Yeah, and I mean with with designing women being what it was, which is I mean that that moment as soon as you and Dolly Parton episode happened on designing women, I that's when I fell in love with you. It was like that episode it was just it broke my i was an eight-year-old obsessed with watching the show with my mom and then seeing that episode i was like okay i'm done i'm done this is my person (laughs) and and i what blows me away is you went from designing women and you could have easily been pigeonheld into sort of that type of comedy and doing that for the rest of your career and then somewhere along the way you shifted into being this sort of like like I said, the Meryl Streep of TV. When, for you, do you think that shift happened? Well, my first job after Designing Women was the Eileen Warnos story. Yes. It was the first, the dubious title of being the first female American serial killer. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I did after Designing Women. Did you do that intentionally? I suppose that crossed my mind, but they offered it to me. And I thought it would be... I, I like I liked the script. I thought it'd be really interesting to do. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting story that never obviously never been done before. And um I remember asking the producer at one point, I said, Why did you think of me for this? Yeah. And he said, I I wanted her to be sympathetic. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think for me in following your career, which I have, because you know, again, president of the fan club, it was it was twenty-four. It was your performance on 24 that was like, I feel like I started screaming at people in the room. See, I told you, I told you. And it was, and it just, it really sort of, it, you started then going in with Fargo and Mayor of Easttown. And I mean, so many different projects after that. And, and, and I mean, literally it's an endless list. What, what with 24, how did that sort of change the direction for you? That was, that was probably the biggest shift. Mm was 24. Um, that was one of my favorite jobs. One of my favorite jobs. Um, yeah, that was a great part. Although I remember at one point she started getting just kind of preachy. And I said to the producers, I said, I just feel like she was a little more fun when she was off her meds. Can you get her off her meds again? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> They had her fall off the wagon. It was a lot more fun. You have a lot more to work with. But the first scene, the first scene, I remember now when I read the script, I said, I have to do this. I have to do this. The first scene where the character is introduced, I said, this is the best introduction of a character I've ever had. Yeah. Where she's standing there, just dressed to the nines, beautifully expensive suit, hair, makeup, jewelry. 
And she's standing there looking in the mirror and she says, I look like a wedding cake. And she dunks her face in the sink full of water. Yeah. And then she goes out and starts screaming at the secret service agents because she wants to talk to her husband. <laughs> she's got <laughs> mascara running down her face and wet stringy hair. And they're trying to stop her. He's doing a press conference in the garden. <laughs> she needs to talk to him and they won't let her. And she's screaming at these ser- secret servicemen. Yeah. I said, this is the best intro to a character ever. I will admit to um, using that gif of you with the with the makeup and running out of the room and everything on 24 as a gif I share with friends. Is there one? Yes, there is. It's out there. I mean, I've shared it before of friends being like me waking up in the morning. Like it's literally You have to send it to I will, me. I will find it and I will send it to you because it is it is oh, one that is shared. God. It is one that is shared for sure. <laughs> ah! Yeah, I mean, you have so many gifts though, which is another thing with hacks. I mean, you won literally every award you could win for hacks. It just was nonstop. I and I'm a greedy I, bitch. Yeah. Josh, I'm a greedy bitch. You are, but you deserve all of it. You deserve all of it. And I want to know, like, you've won a you've won a, a lot of Emmys for a, a lot of different projects. What what did the win for Hacks mean to you? What did that mean for you? Well, it, you know, it's always very gratifying to win something for for a project you're really really proud of. I don't think it would feel as good winning for something that you weren't particularly proud of. Maybe. Mm, yeah. So that that was that was nice, but it was all just way too tied up and complicated, tied up with with losing my husband. Yeah. It was just too ironic. I couldn't even try. To, I didn't even try to get any meaning out of it in terms of why is this happening now? And um, <clears throat> so it will always be intertwined with with, yeah. with losing him. I think in some way, though, because you you mentioned him a lot in your speeches, and it was really poignant. And I think it deepened sort of people's interest in hacks in that knowing that backstory and what you did to deliver that performance, it just, it was really sweet. It was a really sweet, heartwarming, I think, thing for people to see you go, to see you win these awards and to honor your husband in that way. It was, it was, it was really lovely. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I, um, I was very happy that he was part of the in memoriam section because they won't tell you yeah of course 100 one way or the other so i was i was a wreck Mm -hmm. i was a wreck because i thought what am i going to do if he's not yeah i will you'll pull a deborah i'll have to quietly just gather my child and leave the room yeah no um so you know it was interesting because when he passed we had i had five days left of work on season one yeah and the producers and the HBO were so kind. They gave me, you know, after several days, they they approached me with three different schedules mm-hmm. that I could choose from because obviously I had to finish. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was either just go right back and just do five days in a row, boom, 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 and get it over with. Yeah. Or spread it out over a couple of weeks, or take off a couple of weeks and then do the five days. Um, and I opted to just go right back and do the five days in a row. Mm. Um, but one of the scenes was the funeral scene yeah. of Ava's father. And I'm not sure. I was, I was really afraid I wasn't going to make it through that scene. But it actually turned out. Um, really amazing. To be, to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that, that was everything. My last question for you. 
is you have a new movie coming out soon with Brad Pitt mm-hmm. and Margot Robbie, and which is amazing. Those two hacks. I know. Those, who are they? Hacks. Who are they? <laughs> my question for you about that, I know you can't say much about it. I'm sure you can't. But my really only question for you is, were they intimidated to work with you? Because I would, I, if I was Brad Pitt, I would be like, Gene uh-huh. Smart. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think so. (laughs) They could not have been sweeter. And Brad has a private chef and he sent me lunch every day. That's amazing. It's going to be hard to go back to normal catering. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. You're just the wonderful. And I'm just. Well, you're a dear. Thank you so much. So, can you tell that I'm a big fan of Gene Smart? Probably not, because I played it so cool, right? Like, it was totally not cool. Brother. Let me know your thoughts about today's episode on Twitter or Instagram. And if you're watching Hacks, you definitely need to let me know. You can tag me at H. Allen Scott on everything. I want to talk with people about this show. And if you are a fellow Gene Smart stan, please definitely tag me because we need, I need more friends, basically, is what I'm saying. Thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and maybe share it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all social platforms. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Watch X, actually. Yeah, just watch X. Why my whispering is just me.